Welcome to the Maple Grove Scripture Reading Podcast, episode 25, Jeremiah 1 through 25. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Script Reading Podcast. I'm your host Nick Spencer. This week we returned to the prophets as we are reading through the first half of Jeremiah. So the book of Jeremiah begins with the prophets calling from God in chapter 1. Let me read to you from chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So in this passage, the Lord calls Jeremiah, telling him that even before he was born, God had appointed him as a prophet to the nations. I think this can serve as a great reminder to us that the Lord has a plan for us, and it's a plan that was put into place before we were born. I love what it says in verse 5, where it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This just reminds me that we have an intimate, loving Father. He's not an impersonal God who just created the world and then let it go. He is involved in the goings-on of his creation. To me, this is just a beautiful idea, a beautiful reminder. In verse 14 of chapter 1, God tells Jeremiah what the Lord is about to bring on his people. He says, The Lord said to me, From the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all of all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. In this verse, we get to see the message that God will have Jeremiah give to the people of Israel. He lets Jeremiah know exactly what's coming in terms of an invading nation from the north and disaster coming on the people of Israel, which if we think back to what we've read before in our, our read scripture, in the narrative histories, we know that, that Babylon comes and conquers. And so this is just, he's, he's telling them exactly what's going to happen. He's telling Jeremiah what his, his message is going to be. Now the last passage from chapter 1 that I wanted to talk about is from verses 17 through 19 where it says this, Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God commands Jeremiah to go and prophesy his message with boldness, not having fear from those who might oppose the message. We've seen prophets kind of go both ways in the fear category. Think about Moses, who seemed to try and use every excuse possible to get out of the calling that the Lord had for him to go into Egypt and to rescue his people. But then you can also think of someone like Elisha who answered the call by creating a situation where he could not go back 
because he slaughtered the oxen he was he used for plowing and and he burned all of his equipment he he could only move forward and i think that that's what the lord wants when he calls someone into duty now i can feel for jeremiah i can feel for any of these prophets if if they're timid or even scared because they had to deliver a message of destruction but the lord here in chapter 1 gives jeremiah a great pep talk, if you will. Verse 19, again, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I am with you and will rescue you. What a great promise for Jeremiah. Now in chapter 2, we're reminded why this destruction is coming. Let me read to you a couple of sections here. First, there's from chapter 2, verse 11, the second part of that, where it says, My people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. And he kind of continues that in verses 27 through 28. They say to wood, You are my father, and to stone you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces, yet when they are in trouble they say, Come and save us. Where then are, there, where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you're in trouble, for you have as many gods as you have towns, O Judah. We've read this before, but it's been a while, so I thought I would mention it again here. The people began worshiping the gods of those around them, and they made idols to them. And of course, as the Lord says, they're worshiping inanimate objects that they created. They can't look at them because they don't really have eyes. They can't save them because they aren't real things. They are just just creations of these people to look like a god or something, just uh, an image, and, and, and it's just wrong, um, just absolutely wrong. And so that, that gets them into trouble. So Jeremiah's got the message from God that the nation will be overtaken by these people from the north. But as we've seen throughout our reading, God will continue to offer a way back to him. Let me read to you from chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. If you will return, O Israel, return to me, declares the Lord. If you put your detestable idols out of my sight and no longer go astray, and if in a truthful, just, and righteous way you swear as surely as the Lord lives... Then the nations will be blessed by him, and in him they will glory. And we know that unfortunately Israel doesn't give up their idols. They don't turn back to the Lord. But the fact remains that God continues to show that he loves his people. He offers them redemption if they would just repent and turn away from these ungodly things. But we don't. They don't. In chapter 5, we read this in verses 5 through 25. I'm sorry, verses 20 through 25. Announce this to the house of Jacob and proclaim it to Judah. Hear this, you foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Should you not fear me, declares the Lord, should you not tremble in my presence? I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone away. 
They do not say to themselves, let us fear the Lord our God who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Your wrongdoings have kept these away. Your sins have deprived you of good. There's a pastor that I read and listen to who brings up this idea that uh, a number of times that we be- tend to become familiar with God, like too familiar with God, and we don't treat him with the awe and, and fear that we should, not the fear-respect kind of fear. Because God is the creator of the universe, and sometimes we either take that for granted or we approach him carelessly. Uh, Now, I'm not saying that God is not approachable. I believe that through Christ we have an amazing access to him that was not available before. I just think that sometimes we need to be a little more careful, a little more cautious, have a little more reverence than we sometimes have. Now, really, we, we get the warnings for Israel here in for about 24 chapters in Jeremiah. Like the first 24 chapters are all about the warnings for Israel. And I'm, I'm not going to go through all of the ways that they were warned, but I did want to pull this one out. There's in chapter 18, there's a section here, verses 1 through 10. Let me read it for you. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight does not, and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. I just really like the image of the potter here and how he reshaped the clay as he needed to. And the the Lord says that he can do the same thing with Israel. All the things that are happening to them are, are part of this reshaping of a nation, just like the potter is reshaping the clay. Now in chapter 20, there's an interesting little sidebar. Early in the chapter, Jeremiah is attacked and beaten because of his prophecies. And in verse 7, he actually complains to God. Um, Verses 7 through 9, O Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I love verse 9. I mean, Jeremiah is frustrated. He seems like he kind of wants to walk away from doing this. And yet he says that if he tries... Not to do what the Lord called him to do, he he just can't hold it in. 
that it's like a fire in his bones that's burning to get out. And so even while he's frustrated, even while he's seemingly willing to give up his calling, Jeremiah can't do it, and he won't do it. I wanted to end today with a passage from chapter 23. Chapter 23, verses 5 through 6. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord of our righteousness. A king is coming, a righteous branch from David, one who will do what is just and right in the land. Again, we see the messianic promise of the future king. The king who we know is Christ Jesus. He is the hope for the Israelites. He is honestly the hope for us all. Now next week, we are going to finish reading through Jeremiah. If you'd like to continue the conversation on the first half of Jeremiah, be sure to check out the episode 25 page at our website, maplegrove.church slash read scripture. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Maple Grove Christian Church Scripture Reading Podcast. You can find more information about us at our website, www.maplegrove.church. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MGCCBTown. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Music Store. Thanks again for listening.